The Ziggler Show comes from the legacy of Zig Ziggler and brings together personal and professional growth, business success, and faith. I'm your host, Kevin Miller. In this episode, get your marching orders for the day. Andy Andrews cites George Washington Carver saying he was up before the birds and would promptly go outside and get his marching orders for the day. Andy prescribes to this as well, and he shares some of his most valued routines here in my habits show. If you didn't hear episode 819, where I talked with Andy about his new book, Just Jones, please go listen to it. You'll hear some of his personal story of both parents dying while he was a child, ending up living under a pier, literally, and ultimately being befriended by an older man named Jones. There's a clue to the book. To come from this lifestyle and seeming lack to being a renowned best-selling author and influencer, an influencer to influencers actually, requires some healthy habits and routines that differ from the norm. Here in this episode, you'll hear some of these habits, but you'll also hear us go on a tangent of parenting and some counsel Andy gave me years ago that really stuck. As a teaser, I'll just ask you this, is your goal to raise good kids or good adults? It's really a paradigm shift you're going to hear about in here. So if you want a serious and significant dive into core issues of parenting as well as awesome habits, you're going to find it here. And check this out. I encourage you to, again, listen to episode 819 with Andy and me. And if you bless yourself and buy Andy's new book, Just Jones, from Amazon or anywhere, and send him a receipt or a screenshot to Andy at andyandrews.com, you'll gain access to his four-hour audio program, Becoming a Noticer. And folks, we all want to be noticers. I'll bring you Andy Andrews right after I share what else we have for you and some great products and services. All right, Andy, I want to hear what makes Andy Andrews tick right here. Uh, I want the... the <laughs> What are those habits? What, give, me, give me a couple of the habits, the daily routines that you don't miss. I get up early. I get, I, I, how, I, now how early? Early, early is a relative term. Yes. Okay, but early for me has to be, I, ha, I want to get up before my family. Yeah. I want to get up before my family. Now, if I'm writing, I will get up a lot of times around four o'clock if I'm working on a book because I want to be well into uh, just into that zone before the sun ever comes up. And, and, and I, I really started doing that. And it's, but every day I want to get up before my family is the very, the very odd time that I'm not the first one up. In fact, I can't remember one in the past several years that I wasn't the first person up. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, I value that quiet time. It's that quiet time where I can, I can connect spiritually. And I, you know, I, I am as ADD as they come. So quiet is, is important for me. It, if I'm going to connect and then get started, yeah. and and so that is that is that I have to create quiet in our world today. I have to create it. I, you know, I, there, there's a couple of things that 
that really started that in me. One is I've read a ton of biographies. And, and so the people that I have seen over and over again who accomplished almost an inhuman amount of, of things, they got up really early. Now, Thomas Jefferson was one, but my number one guy is George Washington Carver. George Washington Carver got up every day before the birds ever got up. That was how he put it. And he would go outside and get his, and he, he would say he would get his marching orders for the day. Hmm. And if you look at the life of George Washington Carver and look at all he accomplished, I just, I, I, I don't even get it. I don't even understand how in one lifetime somebody could accomplish that much. But it, it, it has to do with being focused and knowing where you're going from the beginning of the day. What do you, what do you specifically do? Everybody's got their own secret sauce for the morning. What's yours look like? Well, I get, I get up and I listen to, you know, I, I, I shower first and I listen to specific music. Um, and, and that music is, is usually Gaither stuff. I listen to, you know, the Isaacs, I listen to Jason Crabb. I listen uh, to the Martins. I listen, but I listen to Gaither stuff, a lot of the homecoming stuff. And, and then um, I, I get a glass of water and I head downstairs to my office and I, I get my, my, my Bible, my reading stuff. And I do not turn on my computer, my email, my, I mean, that's the kiss of death for me. Uh, you know, I've got to sit down and go through my devotion stuff and my, my quiet. And I've learned now, you know, I, I don't know if this is, I, 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 I'll just tell you this. I, I have learned uh, probably too late in my life. I, I probably wasted a ton of time, but I've learned that not only do I need to, to be quiet, to get into an attitude of prayer, an attitude of, of, of talking to God, but I, I gotta be quiet to get some answers. Mm-hmm. Um, I realized a number of years ago that the most of my answers in my life came at three particular times. Uh, and I'm talking about just like, you know, just things you're pondering and it's like, oh, okay, I know what to do, that kind of thing. Or, you know, you're writing and you're, you're stuck on a plot point or, or a direction to go. Um, my answers would come in three different times. One is when I just woke up, like I like I'd wake up with an answer. Uh, number two was in the shower. And number three was in the woods by myself hunting or, you know, fishing or in the woods. And, and I realized that those three times there, there is no body there. There's no outside stimulus. There's no games. There's no television. There's no radio. There's no phone. There is nothing. And so I realized how many times in my life 
I had avoided purposefully listening and think in terms of, you know, if, if, if a friend came to you and they said, I need help, I, I need answers and I need them now. And will you help me? And you said, yes, I'd be happy to. And they said, okay, thanks so much. And then they left. <laughs> You'd go, well, that was kind of odd. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, a couple of days later, they came back and said, I'm just telling you, I'm getting desperate now. I'm still needing answers. And you are going to help me, right? Will you, will you help me? And you'd say, yes, I will. And they said, okay, great. Thank you. And they left. You would go, you know, this is weird. I, you're not letting me say anything. And I cannot tell you how many times in my life I have prayed and asked God questions and prayed and, and then said, amen. Okay, let me check my email. And I just walked out of the room. And I, and I, I feel like, you know, God's saying, I would like to tell you something, but you're going to have to stop yeah. for a minute. Yeah. And I've heard I've heard so many people, you know, hunters, guys out in the woods, you know, say, yeah, I feel closer to God out in the woods than I do in church. And I I somehow imagine God going, I bet you do. It's the only time you showed up. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So that's an important part of, of the day for me. That's huge. It, of course, reminds me of uh, Bob Bodine, who we've had on the show and his book, Two Chairs. And folks, you can go look, look that up right. or find the yep. book. And it is it's it's uh, I know it. It remains difficult for me, Andy, to be quiet, to stop, to listen. You talked about, you know, ADHD and uh, regardless, it's it that's that's hard. I want to go do that's where I'm at. That's right. where I find my immediate piece, the immediate drug hit hit. But yet not the wisdom. I love the perspective that you give of that, of, yeah, how put that in, in real physical life with a friend. And it's ridiculous. And yet I do it day in and day out. You know, so writing, I want to ask you about that. So then let you, you finish your time. And at some point then you do, as I was say, pick up pen and paper or keyboard and uh, computer and start writing. How long can you remain creative what's your creative block can you sit there and pound it out for eight hours or do you have two hours of real good creative juice i i have five or six hours yeah you know uh, of of that and uh but it's it's a morning thing okay you know i i can sometimes go you know if i get up early i can sometimes go until noon um now I can make myself work in the afternoon, but I'm not nearly as productive Mm -hmm. uh, because I find I'm not nearly as productive once other things get in the way. Mm -hmm. And and I, you know, I've told people for a long time, I don't really, you know, love to write. I I love having written. Mm -hmm. Okay, I mean, it's a I, I like being a writer. I like having books. I like giving books away to people. I like signing books. I like talking about books. I like reading books. But do I like to write? Eh, you know, not really. I mean, there. you know, every time I sit down in front of the computer, there's probably 20 or 30 things I can think of I'd rather be doing. Um, but, but, but writing is a discipline. Mm-hmm. It's a discipline. And it is... Uh, 
you know, I, I, I talk to people a lot of times say, well, I, you know, I'm going to write a book. And I said, really? Or now, what are you waiting on? And they said, well, I'm just kind of waiting you know, to be inspired. Not, and and I, I, I want to say, man, if you're waiting on that, you know, just quit thinking about it. You're just torturing yourself because it's, you know, I'm inspired on a book generally one time. And that's when I have the idea for kind of how it's going to go. And, you know, but the rest of it is sitting down and putting together a puzzle that you have to cut the pieces for. Mm -hmm. That's I'm in that right now uh, for the first time. That's a good way of putting it. Uh, putting together, yeah. creating, putting together a puzzle that you put the pieces for. And I'm, I'm vacillating. I do enjoy the writing process. Some, I get lost in it and I can kind of that when time, time goes away, there's definitely the labor, laboriousness of the puzzle putting together. But when you right, have that right. one topic or maybe for you that chapter, that is, that is interesting. So what allows you to do that best from your, let's go to health and wellness. What are the things that you do there that help you be at the clarity and creativity that you want to be at? You know, being able, being able to exercise enough so that I can rest uh, is important. I can't, I can't sit there all day and then expect to be able to rest well that night and then do it again. Yeah. I, I have to get out and get something going. You know, we, we walk a lot. We, you know, we swim, we do stuff. And I've, I've had a hard time like the past couple of years. I have neck problems. Mm-hmm. And, and so that has been tougher for me. I just, I had surgery now. And so I'm kind of coming back from it oh. and really excited to be able to get out and do stuff. But that was, uh, you know, I learned really to appreciate the exercise when I was unable to. And, you know, it's it's amazing without the physical exercise, you don't even rest well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How about nutritionally? What do you do on that side? Um, I, you know, my wife keeps us pretty uh, straight and narrow yeah. nutritionally. And I... I <sighs> You know, I'm not a big, I, I don't really have that much of a challenge there. I, you know, that's not one of my things that I'm just like always thinking about. And, uh, but I do have things that I really like that I have to watch myself because I can overindulge, <laughs> you know. Okay. And, and so, but we do a lot of, we're slightly, we're vegetable salads and we do red meats and fish too, but a lot of, a lot of fish, a lot of vegetables. Well, that I appreciate for the health and wellness though. My interest is in the indulgences. I want you to share what's, what's about the, what? the indulgences. What, what is Andy Andrews indulging? Man, chicken, chicken dumplings just <laughs> eat my lunch. I just, I, you know, I just, I love I, you know, I really do. I mean, I'm just saying, you know, there's two or three things. It's very Southern. I just, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Uh-huh. I, but the other one is oysters Rockefeller. That's, I can just, that's not okay. I can make, I can just like make a spectacle of myself and, and, um, and banana pudding. But those are my three, <laughs> like real bad weaknesses. That's like heroin crack. And I, you know, whatever <laughs> I, the chicken and dumplings, banana pudding and oysters Rockefeller. 
And, you know, my wife is kind of a foodie. She uh-huh. like watches these food network things and all like that. And so, but she gets real bored with me because she'll say, if you could choose anything you wanted to eat and associate uh, dumplings. Uh-huh. Oh God. Okay. You know, <laughs> I'm just no fun. You're satisfied at the next church potluck, uh, outside, I am. outside, I of, am. The, outside of the oysters. Uh, tell me about relationships. How many people you got at home these days? Well, right now it's my wife and our youngest son, a senior in high school. Oh, wow. Okay. And our our oldest son, has, has he's in Idaho for three months working with this big outdoor thing. And he has a couple of businesses of his own. And so he has the ability to kind of just move and, you know, go where he wants. And and so he's uh, he he makes knives is uh, Austin Legacy Knives. Wow. These knives marked one of one. And uh, wow. so he does real well with that. And then that has given him the opportunity. Uh, one of these big uh, conservancy places gave him the opportunity to come out f- until November. And so he's out in Idaho and uh, called us the other day and said, I just saw a moose. You know, we're from Alabama. We've never seen a moose. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can send him here. We had one in our yard last week. Uh, Are you serious? Yeah, it was first time, first time ever. Uh, I, I, it was the fourth time I've ever seen one, and it was a a, a mama and a baby. Uh, weird, oh my god! Weirdest thing, weirdest thing ever. You are listening to The Ziggler Show in this episode with Andy Andrews on his habits for success. Next, he talks about an inspiration he received by seeing Tom and Zig Ziggler's affection for each other as adults and how he took that into his own parenting. It kicks off really just some powerful discussions about parenting. We'll get right back to it after I share some great products and services. Well, so, you know, you talked in our, in our first show together, which is episode 819, you and Tom shared the story of you seeing Tom uh, walking hand in hand with his dad and that picture from behind, which I told people they can see on Facebook if they go and find Tom Ziegler, it's his profile right. picture and that, that how impacting that was for you, you wanted that relationship with your sons. How did that influence your parenting at that point. Yeah, I, you know, I watched that and I, and it had happened at a crazy time. I've got that picture framed beside my desk of Tom and, and Zig. And, and I had, uh, I had gone to eat with them. We were, I was in Dallas and we'd gone to eat at a Chinese restaurant and Zig was having a harder time getting around and and the week before, somebody had seen uh, my boys and I walking down the sidewalk near our house, and both of them were holding my hand. And uh, I think Austin was like seven, Adam was five, and they were holding my hand and just walking down. And somebody took a picture of us. I didn't even know they'd taken a picture of us, and they sent it to me. And they jotted the note. I guess they thought they were being funny. I almost cried. Uh, But they said, enjoy this. They won't be holding your hands much longer. Hmm. And so that was just kind of in my mind. And we left that restaurant and that day in Dallas, about a week later. And I looked up and Tom 
was holding hands with his dad. And I almost burst into tears right there. And I and I got back to the studio. Zig and Jean went back to their house and and uh Tom and Cindy and Julie and I we went back to the, the studio and I told Tom, I said, buddy, I I don't know if you know how unbelievable this is. I, I don't know if you know how unusual this is. And I said, please, please, please get a picture for me of, of that. Please, Cindy, please. And Cindy ended up taking a picture the next time they went out together of Zig and Tom and took it from behind of them holding hands. And I have had that framed next to my desk ever since and i have a great relationship uh with my boys and uh it was a, probably about that maybe maybe a year or so before that that um my boys had the opportunity to meet zig and i was so excited and and of course he did the you know, he did the usual sig like, I can spot a winner a mile away. I saw you guys coming and I knew there's a winner. And and uh and I, I said to uh to the boys, I said, guys, what did I tell you about Mr. Ziegler? And Austin said, Dad said that we were gonna meet the greatest speaker whoever was and the greatest whoever would be. And, and Sig looked and goes, well, I don't know about that. <laughs> it, but it was awesome. But I've got a picture of Zig with his hand on my boys. Mm. And it's, it's just, you know, it, 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 it put a, uh, it put something in me that I knew that I wanted to work toward. I wanted, I've seen so many uh, adult children and their parents uh, drift apart. And I've seen uh, brothers and sisters drift apart. And and my family uh, is not a great example. I, you know, our, my, my parents died when I was 19. My sister and I are very wow. close. But I'm talking about beyond, you know, before, you know, my grandparents and the, and like that. My, my family's not a great example of generational um, um, increase in wisdom and wealth and anything. It's like every generation's kind of had to start over again. And But I've had the opportunity to watch closely some families like the Zigglers and some families uh, like the Stimpsons in Mobile, the Bullards in Mobile. And, uh, and I have this opportunity to watch some families that, that I have said, you know, somebody along the line, along this generational line has to throw the anchor. And that's, that I, I'm going to, I'm throwing the anchor here. We're learning something that's going to pass on. We're, we're going to start something new here. And so that picture of Tom and Zig has been a touchstone for me. I, I can't get myself to leave it, though, uh, as a father. How old are your boys? Right now, they're 20 and 18. 20 and 18. Okay, I've got uh, 
boy, and I've got other, I've got girls, but I've got a 25 year old. Uh, and then I've got a 15, 14 and 10 year old. And they are more my muse even than the girls. It's, it's easy to love my girls. Uh, it's easy to love the boys too, but it's that relationship that I don't right. see. I'm going to use the word affection um, right. that I don't see. I don't. And so I'm curious how you view that or what you would. We can't be perfect fathers. I, I, we, I can't be a perfect example. Um, I've got my own. Uh, av- uh, you said anchor to throw that. Right. What, what would you if you were talking to another father? If you don't, maybe you just know it for yourself. What is, what is it that you are anchoring with? Let me ask that with your sons to foster that. One of the things that I'm, that, that I determined early on that had to be done is we had to explain, we had to explain there could not be a, um, because I'm your dad. You know, I'm your dad and you will do this. And as long as you live in my house, you know, that that's not what we really want. Okay, Uh, you know, to say as long as you live in my house, you will not jump off a cliff as long as you live in my. I mean, that's ridiculous. That's not what we want. Yeah, we we love them. We don't want them to jump off a cliff at any point. It's, the point is not that once you're away from me, you can do whatever you want to do. I mean, we we want, you know, here, Kevin, is, as I think, is the, is an issue that people don't recognize. Um, anytime I talk to people who have challenges with their children, I, I've asked, you know, what is your... What's your MO? What, you know, what is, what are you trying to do? And over and over again, I will hear, or I'll hear that this is what they thought. Okay. Is that we're just trying to raise great kids. We want to raise great kids. We're determined to raise great kids. You know, we told God that if you give us kids, our kids would be a priority. We want to raise great kids. We pray for them. We think about them. We're going to raise great kids. And I want to say, well, there's your problem. Okay. Because in reality, you don't want to raise great kids. What you want to do is raise kids who become great adults. That's two different things. Two different pathways lead to each. Now, you can have great kids on the way to becoming a great adult, but if your goal is to raise great kids, well, you can make them be great kids because you're bigger than they are and you got all the money. You can make them be great kids. But we've seen, I mean, how many times have we seen, God, they were great kids. They were incredible kids. They turned 18, got away from home, and what happened? And so the idea uh, or the, the, the thing that I have determined that is absolutely critical is to explain. Hmm. And, and, and I remember telling Austin when Austin was 13 and we had a kind of a, a set to, you know, it was like uh, there was a, you know, it, it was kind of an obvious, it was something that I, and I can't even remember what it was, but it was something that, that I determined we were going to do or not do or something. And he wanted to do it or not do it. I can't remember what it was, but I do remember uh, walking with him. I think it's important to walk with boys 
with boys, you know, boys don't do good just like sitting there, okay? You gotta do something. And so walk. Subconsciously, you're walking in the same direction. They don't have to look at you when you're walking. You're, you're kind of side by side. You can change subjects, you can change directions. And, and I, I remember telling Austin, I said, look, you, you know I love you. And, and I love you so much that I really want like the greatest life for you. I said, but I also know I'm not crazy enough to, to not understand that at some point, you, you know, you're growing up, you're going to get away from me. You're, and at some point you're going to do what you want to do. Even if you're living home and you're away from us for a few hours, you're going to do what you want to do. And, and so we're going to talk. We're always going to talk because my, uh, my idea is not that you necessarily always do what I say. I want us to come to an agreement. I said, because I'm not always right, right? And so here's the thing. If we want the best, I want the best life for you. And I know you want the best life for you. Okay, well, that's one thing. And so if you ever disagree with with something that I decide, I'm fine with you disagreeing. Now, you you know how to disagree, okay? We're not going to be mouthy. We're not going to, you know, get angry. We're, but I am fine with you disagreeing, but but if you disagree, what you do is you come to me and you say, I'm still not understanding this. So can we, you know, go over this again? Because here's the thing, uh, there is a best. And so we will talk about it and we will find it. And we're gonna talk about it until you agree with me or I agree with you. Okay, that that you you know that you understand because we're we're making our decisions based on a future. Yeah. Right. And so one of the most important things that I feel like that I did is at twelve or thirteen say, hey, do you ever think about living away from home? Do you ever think about being on your own? And and they did. And so good. You you probably you should. Okay. So. I know you probably can't imagine being 40 or 50, but can you imagine being 25? Okay, so if you could wave a magic wand, you know, where would you be? What kind of life are you going to live at 25? I remember Austin saying, what do you, what do you mean? Well, like, I don't know. Where you could choose, where, where would you live? Like, are you going to live in the country or the city and the mountains or the water? And he said, Oh, uh, the water. I said, okay, uh, salt water or fresh? He said, salt water. I said, okay, salt water. Uh, on the beach, the lagoon, the canal, a bay? He said, the lagoon. I said, really? That's interesting. North side or south side? Hmm. He said, north side. I said, why the north side? 
He said, because the south side is all sand, but the north side has sand and it also has woods. I said, hmm. Okay, so, and then it's like your house, condo, tent, what what kind of car? What, you know, I, I mean, went through everything. And, and, and I said, now, these things can change. Uh, obviously, this, but this is, boy, this is a good, you know, do you know any 25-year-olds who live like this? He said, I don't. He's only 13. And I said, well, I don't immediately. I said, but there are some. You know, there are some. And I said, do you know how to do this? Do you know how to get to that? He said, not really. I said, well, I can't go back in time. I said, but knowing what I know now at this point in my life, if I could go back to age 13, knowing what I know now, do you think I could do it? He said, you probably could. I said, I absolutely could. I absolutely could. I said, but I can coach you to this. And I said, so, you know, you know, Coach Saban and, uh, uh, at that time, we knew the quarterback at Alabama, and, and I said, you know, his their goal is a national championship. And sometimes Coach Saban says, um, I know where you want to go, and since that's where you want to go, you're going to have to stay after practice. You're going to run after practice, okay? And and so we're going to change our, shift our plans a little bit. And we're going to do a little more of this, a little less of this. I said, I can coach you to it. I said, but it's it's where you want to go. It's yeah. this is not my thing. It's yours. Training up, I'm just trying to raise a great adult. Training up the child in the way that they are bent, not that we bend them. So, Andy, December of 2015 was when I had you on the show last. Wow. And I looked it up while you were talking because it sparked something that I, I have to admit, I forgot. I forgot who to attest it to in that show, show 351, episode 351, we're at show, this is going to be show 821. Wow. And, uh, you talked about that, that our goal is not to raise great kids. It's, it's to raise great adults. And if you type in Andy Andrews, the Ziegler show, raise great adults, which is what I put in there. I cited that multiple times in multiple shows. It's in the show notes and it comes up. Uh, I've used that and I forgot who, who, who I got it from. So, um, (laughs) forgive me for uh, when I didn't give credit to you, but, uh, that is it. And I have told my family that I told I, my wife and I have talked about that. She cites that quote, um, that because it comes up all the time, I want to raise good, good kids and and, and no, I I want to raise great adults and it changes, uh, the perspective and what you just said about explaining, I had not thought about it in those terms, but that is probably what I would say is maybe my greatest asset as a parent is talking to my kids. I had the two boys, I had my two boys, my 13 or uh, uh, 15 and 14 year old in, in my office the other day, yesterday. And we had just had a discussion just on kind of current events and what's happening. And, and, uh, we talked about that, but man, I'm just, I'm a guy. I'm a guy. I don't know how to be your dad. Exactly. I'm trying to figure it out. And just the, 
I value that the ex- probably explaining and talking through more than anything. Cause I do not know enough. I do not have enough wisdom to tell them how they should be to, to lead them exactly. But man, we can talk. So hearing that from you is just a beautiful confirmation. Um, if you can help them understand why yeah. there are a ton of people out there, man, who are doing things. They don't even know why they're doing them. Yeah. And yeah, they may be doing them because other people are doing them. They may be doing them because it just seemed like a good idea at the time. But if you can help your children understand why. Yeah. Um, you know, we look at teachers sometimes and we say, uh-uh, you don't, you don't tell my kid what to think. You're supposed to teach my kid how to think. Well, then we take them home and we tell them what to think. It, it, anybody who tells them what to think... It's just as dangerous as anybody else, because when you tell a child what to think, as soon as they turn 18 and get away from you, they're going to start to test every the boundary of everything they have been told to think. And they're going to do it without a net. They're going to do it without you there. But if you Teach a child how to think, which includes long conversations about why you think the way you do and how you used to think this way. And then Uncle Kevin said this and you thought that. And then, yeah, you know, it requires a lot. But if you teach a child how to think, by the time they get away from you, number one, they will already have made a ton of the decisions that that other young adults have yet to make, but they will be equipped to answer the questions that are knocking the legs out of a generation. Yeah. I don't know what better value we could give out of this show than that. It's the habits show. And we talked about parenting and, uh, I, I think I will bill it as such because it's a message that meant a lot to me five years ago, Andy, and it's just as relevant, if not more, now, you know what? I'm going to ask you one more thing, though, uh, because okay. it's, it's another it's an area that I have had. Uh, it went from an area of, of, of interest to now an of area of more importance to me on the Ziegler Wheel of Life. That personal spoke that last one, at least at least in the way that I usually have it, that last one, that personal spoke, which I have historically said, what do you do for you, Andy? What is play? What is fun? But also what is self-care? What is hobby? Uh, the, any of those, whichever strikes a chord, just what do you do that is outside of the work, the things you're pouring into everybody else? Uh, what, what jumps the you mind? Know, fishing, being in the woods, uh, being alone in the woods and doing something with wood, uh, has just turned into just an, an amazing way for me to just kind of relax. But I, I just, uh, I do. I love, I love fishing, love being in the woods. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my oldest son's a knife maker. And so that's gotten me interested in wood itself. My youngest son has a business where they take people shark fishing from the beach, uh, Gulf coast nation. Wow. And so just going out and watching that from a distance sometimes is, is pretty amazing. Just sitting and watching them deal and, and helping people catch fish and, I, that's, I, you know, I feel closer to God. Uh, you know, the Bible says that nature cries out. Yeah. And 
And I, I see it in the sunrise, I see it in the sunset, I hear it in the surf, I hear it in the morning. That turkey goblin or that uh, those leaves crunching when that deer's walking through the woods. I just, I just love it. What do you do with wood, you said? You know, I uh, my, my son makes knives, and, and so I've gotten interested in there's so much wood that uh, people – you know, it's just like junk wood. And yet, if you take different kinds of wood, different grains of wood, and, uh, you know, sand it, you, you cut it, sand it, you can make shelves and tables. And it's it's just shocking. You know, there is, uh, I don't know if you know what a burl is on a tree, but a, a burl is it looks like it would look like a big growth, a big wart or something. It looks like something's wrong with the tree. And and what what happens is this is actually some of the most valuable wood in the world. And now, if you're listening to this, you'll see this everywhere you look because the, these are not unusual to be on trees. And they happen on all different kinds of trees. But it it is a, a fungus or a bacteria or some kind of an insect something that gets in the tree and and you've seen you've seen probably where a tree has grown around a piece of wire mm -hmm. or grown around something well this is what's happened some little bacteria or something has gotten in and the tree has started growing around it and it's built and it's like a big knot i mean it can be just it can be huge and and that it turns out Man has not figured out how to make those happen. We can't artificially make them happen. But if you get a burl, if you get a hold of a, a burl from a tree and you cut into it, it's swirls. You know, where wood grain is usually straight, the, the burl is swirls of wood and it sweeps and swirls. And that is the wood that they use in Rolls Royces and Learjets. <laughs> that's, the, that's the wood that is the most valuable wood in the world to find a, a, a cherry burl or, yeah. you know, walnut burl. It's just beautiful wood. Uh, see the shelf behind me? That was, that was, a, that was a dead aspen tree. Uh, you see? About, Isn't that amazing? Yeah, that was on my property, and I cut it down a year ago. And then about two weeks ago, we put it on, I, I got a wood mill, put it on the mill, milled it, sanded it. And, uh, there is, I, that it's one of, it's a primary hobby is just doing stuff for myself and my, my home. Dude, what kind of mill, do you have a wood miser? Uh, no, it's a Norwood. It's wow. A, it's a Norwood. Yeah. I bought it. We built our, when we built my house, I bought it and, uh, it has been, it's such a different creative outlet. I, you know, it I, is. I just love it. I do too. I do too. I can I, to go out there and I'll build, you know, a deck, a roof, a wall, a bed, a, a whatever. I don't enjoy doing it for anybody else. I just enjoy it. For, well, I can't wait till the kids have a house and they want stuff. Right. In so there. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll go on. Kevin, go sometimes go on Austin legacy knives.com okay. and see some of the knives that, that my son does. Austin. And then if you want to see if you want to see a crazy person, go on gulfcoastnation.com because that's Adam 
the other night they had a, a 12 foot seven inch tiger shark and they i mean they tag them and release them from okay. the beach okay They're kayaking the baits out that is so fun that's so fun andy thank you again man i could talk thank to you, you all day long i could we could do a new podcast conversations with andy and just talk <laughs> uh i appreciate hey let's keep in touch we need to talk more than every five years let's do it i appreciate your perspectives and your heart that's why your books are as impacting as they are because it comes out there so uh thank you for what you do thank you buddy well, there you have it, friends, behind the scenes habits of success from a national treasure, Andy Andrews. Again, I encourage you listen to episode 819 with Andy and me, if you have not, and bless yourself, buy Andy's book, Just Jones from Amazon or anywhere and send him a receipt or screenshot to Andy at andyandrews.com. You'll gain access to his four hour audio program, Becoming a Noticer. Coming up in episode 824, we hear a clip from Zig Ziglar about the power of focusing in on one goal because we can't address every goal at the same time all the time. From this message, I asked the Ziglar audience this question. If you were given time to double your focus on improving one area of your life or progressing toward any one specific goal, where would it be? Great conversation reading through the comments with Tom Ziegler. Many of the comments talked about business goals, but the majority were addressing themselves, ourselves, us as individuals, which shines light on the reality of how we often shortchange our own care, which leaves us unable to serve others and our goals at full capacity. So this will be inspiring to do just that. You're going to get a lot from this episode. Till then, folks, thank you as always for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together. 